Welcome to JT Data Talk, your one stop shop for opinionated analysis and witty banter on data circulating the internets. Hello, and welcome back to the show. This is JT Data Talk. I'm Tamara. Hey, I'm Joe. We have been gone for a little while. It is a busy, busy November, isn't it, Joe? It always is. It is. <laughs> what, is what is the deal with November? Um, but we are here with our special retail holiday information coming from the Adobe Digital Insights team that both Joe and I used to be a part of. They did a great job this year putting out tons and tons of data. If you didn't see it, uh, you live under a rock or something because there were tens <laughs> of thousands everywhere. of broadcast hits. So anyway, we have a ton of information to share today on holiday shopping trends. But before we get into that, um, Giving Tuesday, we just had Giving Tuesday as well. And I wanted to just spend a minute on um, charity and talk about what does it mean to have the biggest charity day? Actually, according to the Adobe Digital Insights team, um, two-fifths of all charitable giving happens on Giving Tuesday. And um, there's a lot of ways to give, but uh, did you give for Giving Tuesday? I did, yep. Okay. Yeah. What, what's your charity of choice? Um, so this year we gave to the the Huntsman Cancer Institute, right. which is local to Utah, but um, well-known nationally. Uh, we've, my wife and I have had some family who have passed away in the last five, ten years with cancer, and so that was something we were, we were passionate about giving to this year. Well, I was able to do something more personal, and I love that. Um, so Giving Tuesday is great, and online is all you know well and good, but sometimes it's just better to um, help someone directly. Yeah, get out there. And um, I happened to encounter a, um, a, a veteran uh, from Desert Storm who was living in his car, and had bald tires. And so we replaced his tires. Cool. And, um, you know, not just good for him, but safer for everyone yeah. else right? as soon yeah. as he drives around. So anyways, he's uh, he's now driving on some better tires, thank goodness. Um, let's go back to the Cyber Monday stats, but I really did want to kind of put it in context because, yes, there's a lot of money spent, but uh, a lot of it is also done for good causes during this time of year. So Cyber Monday... Do you remember when we were talking about $2 billion Cyber Monday? Yeah, I do. I remember when we hit $2 billion. Yeah. I thought it was such a big deal. I was like, woohoo, $2 billion. <laughs> 7.9 this <Wow>. year. <laughs> Just under $8 billion. We love to consume. Clearly, Americans did not realize that another um, $100 million of shopping would have put us at a nice round $8 billion number. Yeah. And that would have been way better for us to talk about, but no, 7.9. Um, that is up 19.3%. That's around what the prediction was for that time period. Um, however, the whole season to date is at 58.5 billion, and this is as of the 26th of November, so it's a little bit lagging still, but um, that's up 19.9% against a prediction of 14.7. Did you think it was busier yeah it felt busier it is one of those longer seasons thanksgiving was was earlier and i think it's the longest season yeah because so, i remember when we had that five, five years, years ago, ago. <laughs> and we thought it was this huge thing because it was gonna be the biggest season it's, uh longest of the last five previous years so yeah and it was uh 284 billion dollars or not sorry billion <laughs> million dollars a day is what happens when the season gets longer so if this is the longest the season gets, which I'm going to have to double check that because I think it is, but then again, we haven't been doing this for seven years. Yeah. So 
it might still be getting longer, but as soon as it goes back, it goes back way shorter. Mm -hmm. And then it's a massive problem for retailers. It, it was, I'll tell you what, it was nice to be able to be shopping and not analyzing data. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> Do you know that for the, for five years I have been working on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. I mean, it just was nonstop and you did that for a long time too. This was the first year I actually, I took a Caribbean cruise. Yes. I was, uh, shut it down. I, I totally shut it down. I was in St. Lucia. <laughs> so sorry, but, but we still have the data. Uh, okay. So what else came in? $2.2 billion of Cyber Monday sales were on smartphones. That was up 55.6%. The other theme that we used to talk about was how there was a lot of visiting sites from smartphones. We hit that 50% visit mark um, before, but we didn't get anywhere close to the percentage of spending. Yep. And we're still, still honestly, let's, let's yeah. be honest, it's not that close, but up 55.6%. So it seems like retailers are starting to figure out how to turn a mobile shopper into a mobile buyer. Yeah, I think there's some optimizing that's been happening. I I still started shopping a lot on my phone and then finished on my computer. Um, yeah. I, I think for me, there still was that better experience on a computer and just felt more like ready to, to go through and, and complete all the purchases. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a lot cleaner. I, I have noticed mobile browsing and apps and other things have, have gotten better. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Just <clears throat> being able to access the site, to use the site, to have your information already pre-saved in it, or to be using a mobile wallet that just populates your mm -hmm. address and your credit card information and all that stuff makes it a lot easier. And that, I think, is helping to streamline the actual purchase. And by the way, this data is not representing what happened on mobile apps. So when you add mobile apps into the picture, it really became much more about mobile right. uh, than it ever has been. But one of the big challenges, like we were talking about a couple years ago, is people don't add as many things to their cart when they shop mobile. They're much more kind of sniperish mm -hmm. in their going after a particular thing. And and then they put that in their cart and they hit the buy button and they're done. There's less upsell potential. Right. Yeah. Um, so one of the other big things that was going on this year was buy online, pick up in store, or as I have been reminded, the Europeans call it click and collect, much easier. Um, so that is up 65% year over year because people want to go in store and pick up. What do you think about that? I mean, I... I don't get it as a consumer. I don't know why people want to do that. But the retailers have got to be doing backflips. I mean, I if you can get someone into your store in the digital age, um, they're going to look around your store. They're going to see something. It gives you an opportunity, at least, to have some top of funnel in an offline space where you get people having foot traffic. Um, so whatever they're doing to make people want to pick up in store, it's probably a beneficial thing for them. Yeah, I don't, uh, I have to admit, I don't do a lot of pickup in store. I do a lot of returning back to a store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't do a lot of pickup in store unless it's grocery, and even then I'm not quite there yet. Mostly because my grocery stores are just not quite there yet. <laughs> Once they are, I'll be all over it. But um, yeah, I think that it's interesting because if you look at, you know, almost the Maslow's hierarchy of um, 
of, of non-essential shopping. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the best for retailers is that you go to their store and you browse around and you put a bunch of stuff you never had on your list in your cart. Stuff you didn't know you needed. Exactly. Yeah. The whole um, Costco situation, yeah. <laughs> right? Going for paper towels and come out with $200 like, worth of it's, goods. It's just crazy. Yeah. When you, you, know, you go in there and you buy... I don't know, um, the spinach raviolis because they gave you some and <laughs> so yummy. So obviously retailers do like the physical presence because of the additional shopping. Uh, online has the opportunity. There's recommended products. There's people who bought this, bought that. There's there's yeah. some social proof, which you can't really provide in an on uh, offline store. It's where you can have the scarcity. There's only one left at this price on which travel does all the time. That's and that's a really or, good point. Yeah, you can you can um, create scarcity online that you can't create in mm -hmm. store because you can see they have yeah. a bunch yep. of it, right? Uh -huh. It's yep. there on the shelf. Yep. So there's scarcity. There's social proof. There's all these things that you can do in a digital world that you just can't do offline. Right. So the digital world uh, where they can create these you know needs for us to shop. Um, and then a pickup in store, which can follow up with some extra shopping, mm -hmm. is almost the ideal home run of retail. Yeah. This is clearly part of the reason why Amazon bought Whole Foods, is we are human beings and we do have this need to see and touch things or to go pick them up. And I, I'm with you. I don't understand why. I think... Well, anyone who's listening, if you could tell us why, <laughs> unless you're buying something that you absolutely must have that day. I get it. I mean, I get it with like clothes or something, yeah. but like a TV, do I need to buy that and go drive and have to like figure out how to get it into my sedan right? or whatever? Yeah. Um, so I get it with the things that are, that you tangibly want to touch and see if it fits right or something like that. But, yeah, I'm sure it still bleeds into a lot of the electronics and things that you wouldn't think people would want to. Um, but that kind of leads into a little bit of, you know, this consumerism and where we're going. It's kind of like, what are, what are the generations thinking? And, and I think we can look at some of these items that people were buying and kind of draw some conclusions from that. You had some interesting thoughts about that. Yeah, well, one of the things that I saw when I looked at the top products, and for adults, their laptops, their apples, their high-definition televisions, their game box. It's the same with two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yep. In the toy category, fingerlings, LOL surprise, um, little live pets, very similar to last year as well. When we looked at what was going on in retail, we found that um, there's not a whole lot new, but the surprise, the surprise boxes, the blind bags, the that has been a trend for a couple of years that we haven't talked about yet. What do you think about that? I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show about how a Christmas gift is a surprise on its own. So why right. would you well, need to have Why this? do you need a surprise inside yeah. a surprise? Right. Um, but I think there's maybe like some, some psychological behavioral things we can kind of glean from that in that these kids and in a lot of young people in general have been growing up with social media and kind of, 
um, seeing what everybody else is doing and everyone's a content creator now and everyone wants to be have a unique angle everyone wants a viral moment on social or whatever and so having this like thing that could be one of many things yeah kind of surprises and, them and some of those many things are rare right yep some some may be rare i mean it's it's honestly like it's almost like the basketball carts of when i was a kid like, right so i was actually had a, a whole bunch that i was looking through the other day that i got from my parents house and i had 10 million of these like I don't know, people you would never know, and then, like, two Michael Jordans or mm-hmm. whatever, Larry Bird or whoever was hot at the time. Um, so they kind of created that in the space, you know, decades ago, but it's just kind of evolved into something different. And it has, the blind bag has been around in the collector area for a long time. It just seems to be going more mainstream, and it seems to be expanding out in the places where you can find a, a blinded type of gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, you don't have to worry about your kids finding the gift under your bed. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. they won't know what it is anyways. <laughs> so I think there's something going on there that is indicative of the new generation that will find makes them different. I'm not sure what it is yet. I I want to do some research on this. Let's see if there's any any information. And if there isn't, maybe we can figure out how we can ask kids more about what they find uh, good about these sort yeah. of surprise blind bag type gifts. Um, what else? Well, discounts. Yeah, what's what's coming up? Do we have any gifts we need to tell people to buy in the next? Doesn't look like it. Isn't jewelry it, like a late one? Jewelry is late. Um, furniture was last week, but we've pretty much passed the best time to buy everything. So now we're into the period of time when the folks who don't get stuff quickly enough have to pay more. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> I Every year I knew when the best time to shop was, but I was working, so I couldn't so, do it. So next year... If you didn't buy the stuff you needed, next year put an alert in your phone that it's the best time to buy a TV and other electronics that are in a list on this ADI report. Yeah, Um, and and remember jewelry, and not to be a little gender biased, but I think this is the reason. Jewelry actually starts to go up a lot more than other gift items towards the end of the season because they realize that let's just say guys have not figured out what to get yet and they're starting to scramble. And so they actually take advantage of this situation where you aren't prepared for the gift for your sweetheart. Well played, jewelers. Well (laughs) Well played. played. All right, so discounts are about the same as last year. Out-of-stock levels are about the same. Uh, We used to look at out-of-stock, remember, Joe, and Mm -hmm. we kind of laugh because then something would be out-of-stock and then we'd be back in stock online Yeah. like a few days later. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) You can't possibly have been out-of-stock two days ago and now have a whole new shipment. Yeah. I think you were creating scarcity. So So that's interesting because it seems like around 23 to 2.5% scarcity is where the um, marketplace likes to be. Yep. So... That's about it for holiday shopping insights. Um, I think there'll be more updates, and I did want to leave everyone with a location where they can see retail shopping insights online. It's a really nice site that the uh, ADI team has done. 
It's at exploreadobe.com slash retailer dash shopping dash insights. So take a look at that and it will have some new info. And we'll post that link in the podcast info and on the Slack channel as well. Okay, well, it is December. We will come back and do more podcasts this Awesome. Month. Love it. All right. Check you out later. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Share your thoughts and data you find interesting on our Slack channel, JNT Data Talk. And follow us on Twitter at, at Tamara G and at Joe D. Marty.